Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My story begins in the unforgiving sands of the Iraqi desert during the tumultuous 1990s. I was a member of a highly trained special forces unit prepared for the most challenging missions that wartime demanded. Our next operation would be like none other, one that still haunts my thoughts to this day. We received orders to infiltrate an enemy barracks situated near the heart of the desert. The mission was clear, our objective well-defined. We boarded our aircraft, ten of us ready to face whatever lay ahead. The descent was treacherous. The sky above us filled with tension. But it wasn't the landing that would test our mettle. It was the unforeseen twist of fate that awaited us on the desert floor. As we touched down, it was clear that something had gone terribly wrong. In a miscalculation of our drop zone, we were scattered far and wide across the barren landscape. The desert swallowed us whole, and it was only by a stroke of luck that four of us managed to assemble at the agreed rendezvous point. My heart pounded with uncertainty as we tried to make sense of what had transpired. Our ranks were decimated. Our brothers in arms missing. The camaraderie that had been our strength was shattered, replaced by an eerie silence. My voice trembled as I questioned the others. What happened to the team? One of my surviving comrades, his face etched with terror, began to recount a story that defied all reason. He spoke of a predator, an entity that defied explanation. It stood eight to nine feet tall, towering over like a giant among men. Its eyes, he said, were otherworldly large and eerily reminiscent of the cat-like eyes often associated with extraterrestrials. It was a creature draped in darkness, its cloak so inky that it blended seamlessly with its form. The description sent shivers down my spine. The predator was impossibly thin, skeletal and tall, a figure that defied the laws of nature. It appeared as if it had no discernible hands or feet, 
a being of the unknown. In its eyes, he emphasized glowed with a sinister luminescence. According to my unit, this entity, this predator, had hunted down our fellow soldiers. They had been slaughtered one by one, their lives extinguished by an enigmatic force that they couldn't comprehend. The only reason we stood there was that we had fled when the predator descended upon our team. I was left in a state of disbelief, my skepticism warring with the horrifying account I'd just heard. Could such a creature truly exist, or was it a result of fear and the fog of war? But as I looked into the eyes of my surviving comrades, I saw only the truth, the undeniable fear that clung to them. In the end, I had no choice but to believe them. The mission couldn't be abandoned, our duty to our country remaining unwavering. We pushed forward, our resolve steeled, knowing that an unseen predator lurked in the darkness of the desert, a sinister entity that would forever haunt our thoughts. We continued our mission, driven by a sense of duty, leaving behind the unfathomable terror that had cast its shadow upon us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This story may sound crazy, but hey, being overseas can do that to your brain. This is something I saw, and I can confirm it's true. You can do with my account whatever you want. So I never thought I would find myself in such a dire situation, but it happened. Over 10 years ago, I was part of a Navy SEAL, a special forces stranded behind enemy lines during a covert mission in Benghazi. I knew that my training and resilience would be put to the ultimate test as I fought to survive against all odds. I'd always been an occasional basketball player finding solace in the court during my downtime. Back to the story, so our team was on a routine patrol when we were suddenly ambushed by enemy forces. We took cover, 
returning fire and desperately seeking an escape route. In the chaos of battle, my eyes caught something peculiar in the distance. Amidst the dust and sand, there stood a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It had the silhouette of a werewolf, but its entire form seemed to be composed of sand swirling and shifting with the wind. Two menacing horns adorned its head, and its eyes glowed with an otherworldly intensity. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing, and for a brief moment time seemed to stand still. But in the midst of the fight, I knew I had to focus on defending my team. We were outnumbered and outgunned, but I refused to let fear consume me. With every ounce of strength and determination, I fought back. To make this account short, we managed to hold our ground, but the cost was high. One of our brothers, Jack, good man had fallen, leaving a void in our tight-knit unit. As the dust settled and the enemy forces retreated, we felt a relief. This ambush was unsuccessful. We had survived. But the weight of loss hung heavy in the air, overshadowing the survival we had achieved. Now to the cryptid, I couldn't shake the image of the creature I had seen, the sand-filled werewolf with horns. I still wonder, was it a mere hallucination, a trick played by the mind under extreme stress? Or was there something more lurking in the shadows of this desert? Please tell me I didn't lost my mind. I spent two weeks backpacking in New Mexico a few years back, and I just have to say that it's pretty amazing how easy it is to disconnect when you're out there. Anyhow, we were in a group of five, three tents, with a campsite up on the rim of a canyon, which had the benefit of a fantastic view, but put us over a mile away from the closest water source. I had really argued in favor of this site, so I was happy to volunteer to go get water and recruited my best friend to help me bring back a second water container. Man, am I glad he came with me. It was around dusk when we left, and honestly, we had a good time just chatting about how great the trip had been. This was our last night out. We'd already had our fair share of adventures running into a couple of bears and getting hit by an enormous storm. While we were above the tree line being the highlights, so we just got lost and reflecting on the trip and laughing about it all. It was definitely getting close to sundown by the time we had gotten the water, though, so we set off back to camp at a pretty quick pace, which kept the chatter to a minimum. On the walk back, I thought I had heard a few sticks crack off in the woods, but I really didn't think that much of it. We'd heard weird noises before, and the cracks weren't loud enough to come from bears. Anyways, we ended up getting back to camp fine, eating dinner, cleaning up, and heading off to bed without incident. At this point, I'll mention that, that although the stargazing in New Mexico is supposed to be really exceptional, I was never really blown away by the amount of stars we saw owing to a super bright moon almost every night keeping the sky fairly light at night. Anyways, everyone was in their tents when I heard what was still to this day the most blood-curdling, high-pitched scream coming from a very close distance. It was very akin to a woman or child in severe pain, but with something still very distinctly otherworldly to it. Now I'd heard about the sounds that mountain lions make, but dance just one of those things that you don't understand until you've heard it. 
That's when I got scared, but the worst bit about it was that the noise had come from the side of my tent that was facing the canyon rim, and I was camped probably within ten feet of the rim. So this meant that the cougar was either less than ten feet away from me, or that it was doing some kind of ninja cat-type moves up there on the canyon wall. I'm not sure which was scarier in my mind. Anyways, like I said, we've got five dudes in three tents, and the guy who's alone gets scared and doesn't want to be alone. So the other four guys all popped out of our tents, walked in a huddle over to his, and then strategically dropped off two guys before the final three scurried back into one tent, leaving a single tent empty, hopefully as a decoy. However, when we were out there, we didn't see the mountain lion which meant that we had a ninja cat on our hands, made all the scarier by the fact that mountain lions can weigh well over 100 pounds and keep the demeanor of your average pissed-off house cat. Anyways, I'm no longer falling asleep anytime soon and have my hiking poles in hand for protection when I swear that I heard the faintest little swishing sound on the outside of my tent. That death machine ninja cat was taunting me, just like my cap back home. Screw you, Carol Ann, you're a jerk on account of being related to this thing, by ever so lightly swishing its tail against the door to my rain fly. Admittedly to this day, I'm not positive that that's what was for sure going on. But the sound was real, and it was scary, and it's definitely what I thought was happening at the time. This next part has no such mystery to it, as previously stated, we had a really bright moon that night, and it had illuminated the walls of my tent, and the death cat took full advantage of this fact. As the cougar padded silently through our campsite, its shadow projected onto my tent, and my eyes followed that shadow as it crept straight through the middle of our campsite, while I forgot to breathe for a few minutes. Eventually, its shadow disappeared from the side of my tent, and I fell asleep about an hour later once my heart rate returned to fairly normal. When we woke up the next morning, no one had died, so we were actually pretty stoked about the whole experience. We saw a few faint tracks in the middle of the campsite, but otherwise there was no real evidence of it ever actually happening. We did report it to a ranger when we left the next day, and he told us that the cougar had probably stalked me and my best friend back from the water source, got confused when we disappeared into the tent. Apparently enclosed structures blow their minds. And the roar had been in frustration after it had lost its prey. He also mentioned that I probably would have been attacked had I gone to get water alone. So it was good that I brought a buddy. So moral of the story is always roll with your bros, cause you never known when a 200 pound cougar is gonna follow you for miles to try and eat you. The officer involved in this story goes by the name of Officer Michael Frankton, currently stationed at the 14th Precinct. So, one night, about two months ago, he was sent to investigate a call of an animal trying to break into a house on the west side of town. The caller reported that they were not sure what it was and that it looked like some sort of large skeletal animal. When he got there and searched around the perimeter, he found no tracks or trace or evidence that would suggest any person or animal had actually come close to entering or tearing into the property. After entering into the home, which seemed completely normal, 
Everything was closed up and locked as if nobody was there. He even searched all around inside just to make sure nothing had gotten in. He exited the house and walked around to check the perimeter again before his radio started going off, notifying him that the officers had arrived on the east side of the property, where he would be able to help them with an animal control call. When he approached them, he told them that there was this large creature that looked like it might have been injured, hence the skeleton exposure in that this animal had possibly escaped and was injured and now darting all over the property. They brought Officer F. back around to where the animal was initially sighted. Right up ahead of them was what they could best describe as something straight out of hell itself. It seemed almost like a hulking mass of rotting flesh and bone and had this terrible odor of rotting meat and death. In the officer's words himself, he said that this thing looked like a real-life horror movie prop from an undead movie but was actually moving around. It had long arms and massive claws at the end of each finger. It was staring into their eyes with an abnormally large mouth split open as if it was not trying to bear any of its teeth at all. The officers all fled the scene while this being began running alongside the cruiser, trying to keep up with them. Any other information about this night was blotted out and classified. Little is known about what happened to Michael F. or his current whereabouts or if he is even serving still as a police officer. If you would like your own police encounter stories to be featured on this post, please use the submission form available. We look forward to hearing more stories. It was on a hot summer night that I was out in the dark woods with my neighbor, whom I'm pretty close with. He was like extended family, honestly. The fact that I didn't even know we were going until that night when I was sitting at home in front of my laptop playing video games, my neighbor came over to see me and he asked me if I wanted to go camping with him and his family. It had been a while since we last did anything together, so of course I said yes. It would have just given us an excuse not to go to school for a couple of days. This was in September, so school had just started back up, and the coldness of fall had not yet come, so it was perfect. The next day, his family and I gathered our camping gear. We're driving down a dark road with tall trees on the other side of it. It was getting dark quickly, so we had to turn the lights on, and unfortunately, which means we would have had to set up in the dark. So we're driving for about an hour or two, but it felt like it took forever. My friend's dad turned left at an unmarked intersection where there wasn't even a sign saying that this was the right turn off the road. The road got bumpy and rocky as he drove over this very raw, unpaved road. That's when we came across a large clearing because all I could see around was trees and darkness. Where we stopped at this makeshift campground, I say that because there was no clear indicated spot to set up a tent, a spigot, a bathroom, or anything. This was truly camping just down the middle of nowhere. Perfect. Now I need to say that it was pitch blackout and it had gotten really cold now that the sun had set. We were also higher up in elevation. So we got everything set up quickly and decided we would huddle up in the tent together that my friend's father had set up for us. But I just had this feeling lingering within me that we weren't alone. Now my brain was playing tricks on me, so I decided to step out and get some fresh air. 
It was eerily quiet until I heard this screaming noise. My heart began pounding fast as if it knew what was coming. Then we heard a wrestling noise in the bushes, more screaming from the woods. I was so scared that my friend told me to come back into the tent. Now not only could we all hear the noises, but then as I got back in the tent and we shined our light, we could see something moving outside the tent, this shape. My friend's dad got a flashlight shining it too at this object. That's when this thing began screaming and thrashing. Now we're all yelling, freaking out because we can see the shape of this thing more. It looked like an animal, but all we could see was this large shape, and it was terrifying looking from the silhouette. It looked like an upright deformed reindeer or something, and it had long claws. It was where we being pranked. I wasn't even sure. It screamed again in our direction, and we just prayed for it to leave. It walked near our tent, and we all kept our flashlights shining at it through the tent material, only revealing its silhouette. But one thing I noticed is it never came closer to the tent. It's like it was pissed that we set up camp here in its area. I get it. This probably sounds like some sort of amateur creepy pasta, but tell it to my family, my friend's family, and me who have to deal with the memory of this thing. We stopped hearing it almost literally after we all pretty much urinated all over our sleeping bags out of terror. Surprisingly, none of us had any weapons on us. Somehow we all forgot. We got lucky that night, but who knows what would have happened if it were to come back and possibly check out our tent. Now, of course, my friend's dad regrets that he didn't bring any weapons. He forgot. He normally always carries a pistol. I went home the next day, and we didn't get any sleep that night. What was designed to be a civil day trip turned into a quick overnight terror. I've not been able to go camping since. I don't think I ever will, you know. And I'm also not sure what this thing was or where it came out of. I haven't really sat down to train research either. I don't really care. I just want to get rid of this memory. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. New York State is known for some pretty crazy things, from alligators and basements to criminals hiding behind trees. But I've had some pretty strange run-ins myself. I'll be telling you about my most interesting encounter yet, about a year ago while on duty at a local town overnight for training. Myself and another officer were dispatched to a local residence for a report of an elderly woman gone missing while hiking with her dog on her own property. She was sitting on roughly 80 acres of land and couldn't have gone far. The person reporting was her son. He said she hadn't been there since later that afternoon when she set out with a dog towards the edge of the property, near the swamp area by their house. It would have been odd to just send two officers on such a call, but due to our small force size, we were using one car on solo nights to provide better coverage across town. 
Upon arriving on scene, we met with the son, who led us down to where his mother was last seen. He told us he found her phone by their mailbox, which appeared that she had talked to her son for a little while, but after heading out had mentioned something about going towards the swamp, as there were some wildflowers that had bloomed this time of year. This is why we had been dispatched as well. It also seemed like a good spot for bears, so we had to evaluate all the potential dangers. However, knowing how well populated our area was, not everybody always carried bear spray, but we did, so we could cover more ground efficiently and ensure safety if we came across any potentially dangerous wildlife. We walked for about 30 minutes following the path around to where I thought she may have gone towards. However, after walking for a little while longer, nothing turned up. We then decided to double back and try walking along another path that branched off from the one we were on to see if that would turn up any evidence that she had been here. While walking down this other path, at first it seemed like there was nothing out of the ordinary, but again no sign of her dog or any tracks leading to the brush either finishing or somewhere else. This is when I began getting nervous because between myself and my partner, we could not find her or find any traces of her. Something must have happened to her since she left home earlier in the afternoon. As we kept going further, we began hearing odd noises in the distance. While I felt that we were safe at first, we both came to a sudden stop. These sounds were like nothing I've heard before, at least not on this side of the country. But it did not sound like any animal or person I could identify. Did you hear that? My partner had said to me as he looked towards the source of the howl. At this point, my heart was racing out of fear and curiosity, wanting more than anything for this night to end and for us to get back safely. I told him yes as my hands began to tremble slightly, for both nervousness and adrenaline. The hair on my arms were standing and raising, and I felt goosebumps beginning to form. We then slowly began moving towards where the howl had come from, both myself and my partner keeping our flashlights out just in case whatever made the noise was anything dangerous. We walked for another minute or so until we got closer and closer, still no sign of any dog tracks or even footprints, nothing leading up to this noise or away from it. My heart began pounding out of my chest when we came within about 30 feet of the origin of the sound, which had stopped by now after hearing us get closer. And then suddenly, without warning, an odd orb-like light appeared not too far above our heads, making us feel instantly nauseous. What is that, hmm? I remember saying as I raised my flashlight to see what it was, but then just as quickly as it appeared, it vanished. My partner and myself both looked towards where the light disappeared, and then we heard a rustle from behind us, not too far away from where we were standing. Up until now, he whispered that we needed to get out of here. This wasn't right, but his voice quivered, which was strange and caught my attention. This was a partner who was always very calm, no matter how scary or dangerous the situation was. We had been working together for years. However, this time, he sounded scared, almost as if something else was out there, other than us. We began walking back towards where we came from for a while while I kept my light out in front of me just to make sure nothing was going to jump out. All the while, we had been hearing strange sounds that sometimes sounded like a human, 
but not fully, at least not having the cadence of a person. It was more animalistic. He would ask me again if I heard that, and I told him yes. He was getting more and more scared, even though his exterior was seemingly calm. We slowly started walking back towards where we came from, where the sounds became louder and louder. This made it difficult to continue without completely freaking out on one another. Then, out of nowhere, the one sound that instantly made me stop in my tracks was the sound of some kind of human cry from not too far away. He whispered she to me as he looked at me with his eyes almost piercing right through mine. Why I couldn't tell what it was, something compelled me to move forward so we could see what was making these strange sounds around us, which led us here in the first place. Wait, no, come back. We shouldn't be going up this far, he explained to me. But even though he seemed very insistent about us going back the way we came from, I couldn't bring myself to stay quiet and just go while we could still hear all these strange noises where we were. So, while he was busy whispering to me about how we should leave, I began walking towards where it sounded like this noise was coming from, which only made him try and stop me even more. We both proceeded to go deeper into the woods, but the sound of whatever we had heard was now gone, and it was silence. In fact, the night itself was now silent. The crickets, all night life, had gone completely dead, but the inside of my mind was going crazy, trying to figure out what was going on. What were those strange cries and noises? What were the bright lights that appeared overhead? But here's one of the strange parts. At some point, him and I lost each other, which I don't know how it's even possible, because we were walking within five to ten feet of one another. I hear him whispering into his radio, trying to contact me, but our radio communication was very fizzy, and somehow we had gotten separated. Joe, come in. Joe, are you out there? He kept saying over and over again, as I could hear what he was saying as if he was standing right next to me, even though we couldn't see each other at all. And as we're struggling in this disarray of a mess, this extremely bright white light shines from the sky, as if an asteroid had exploded up in the atmosphere, lighting up the entire night sky, enveloping me and, I assume, my partner, in this white consuming light. And the next thing you know, we're back at the front of the property, and it's morning time with the sun rising. The mom is sitting on her front porch with her dog, drinking coffee. She sees us and is immediately surprised. My partner and I are kind of looking at each other, freaking out, trying to mentally comprehend everything that has just happened. Feeling ourselves in our own heads and bodies, making sure we're not dead or dreaming. What just happened? I remember asking when the lady comes over to us and begins asking questions like, Where did you guys come from? Why are you here? We began asking her questions in return. Her name was she aware that she was missing. She seemed to have no knowledge of her ever missing. And when checking the date and time, it had been about 14 hours since the previous evening. My partner and I can both vouch for this happening. I'll spare you all the new details, but long story short, after we had gotten separated by this very thick darkness, we were both enveloped in white light and somehow pushed through about 14 hours of time, ending up at the front of the property. At the time of this happening to us, it was roughly 8.36 p.m. at night, 
and we were no more than three, fourths of a mile away from the house. The woman who had been reported missing also showed no signs of ever being hurt or any recollection that she was ever missing in the first place. We did not report this as we have no logical way to explain anything that happened to us. I was on my way walking to the Dollar General store one early night in October 2016. I live west of Philadelphia in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. When I got ready to cross the street to where I was going, I noticed that there was a large black car, possibly an older Crown Victoria, parked on the side of the Dollar General store. The car had its interior lights on. As I walked closer, I could see someone in the driver's seat. The person had long black hair and had on sunglasses, so I couldn't see the person's eyes. As I looked closer, I could see that the person's face was really white, like milk white. It appeared that the person was just looking straight ahead and wasn't looking around. The person was moving a little bit, so it wasn't fake. I saw no mouth, no nose, and no facial hair. The face was just smooth white. I couldn't tell if they had ears because of their long black hair and shades. They were just parked and sitting there with the car interior light on as if they wanted to be seen for some reason. It's just weird how it just so happened to be at night when not many people were out as if it was planned that way. I was scared and creeped out. When I came out of the Dollar General, I went home. By walking all the way around the block to not pass that person, I'm saying person... It's more like being. It was scary and creepy. I first thought I was seeing things. I know I'm not the only person who has seen that. I never told anyone because I felt that people would think I was nuts. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but could this have been a so-called men in black? The entire scenario just didn't make any sense. One night I returned to my parents' house. I was still in my late teens, sober. On the side of the road, I noticed a man close to my mailbox wearing all white. At first, I thought it was a jogging suit. Then as I got closer, it seemed like he was dressed like Colonel Sanders. At the time, I lived on a dirt road with very few neighbors and thought it very odd to see somebody in white on a muddy road at about 9.30 at night. I kind of chuckled to myself. How odd, but I never even really made direct eye contact or got a great look at the guy. He appeared to be trying to back off the road to not get muddy when I drove by. My driveway was about 150 feet long, through the woods, and I had just parked when I decided I should turn around and drive back down there and see if the gentleman needed help. I was thinking that it was very odd for somebody to be all in white on this muddy road, and maybe this guy needed help. Of course, by the time I drove back to the end of the driveway, he was gone. I drove by my neighbor's house, but it didn't look like anybody was home, and there's no way he could have made it any further than that. To this day, I don't know what or who that was. <laughs> 